The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Feeling spiritually defeated and full of physical pain, Reba Riley challenged herself to try out 30 different religions by her 30th birthday. She shared what she learned about herself and the common thread that connects us as humans in her fascinating book, Post-Traumatic Church Syndrome. So, Reba, I got to tell everybody that my very first time meeting you was at a hotel bar. And, well, we were sitting at a table next to the hotel bar, right? So that makes it different or better. I don't know what it makes it. But um, you and I sat there and we talked and we talked and we talked. And it was the first time we met. And I think we walked away like three hours later or something. And I felt like I had a new best friend. I just thought, wow, like what a woman, what stories you have in your life. And so thank you for for coming on the podcast and talking about the Kindness Podcast, because I know that that's something that you just truly live. It's just part of who you are. It is. And I should say that it was a bar, but it's the most beautiful bar in the whole world. (laughs) Which is why I told you to meet me there. (laughs) Was it Cincinnati? Where were we? Uh, it's that it is the the former Omni Netherland Hotel. It's historic, beautiful, gorgeous Art Deco confection of a building. So if anyone's in Cincinnati, they should definitely visit. Um, Great place. So anyway, like if it makes it better or worse, but I think better. Right, because it's beautiful. (laughs) So you handed over a copy of your book. You had given me a copy of your book and um, and and it it was awesome. It, It just okay. so your book documents your journey trying out 30 different religions before your 30th birthday and you call it post traumatic church syndrome. So I don't know what I thought I was going to read when I started reading it, but what I ended up reading was very different than what I thought I would. Can you start off and tell us what spurred this need to try out these 30 different religions? I would say delirium, looking back. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, okay. Who does this? You know, it's funny. So we're talking now, I'm, I'm 36, and this began when I was 29. So this is seven years ago. And I look back, and I feel like, as we all do, seven years ago, it was a different person who made that choice. But I'm so grateful to her um, because at that time when I was 29, I was really sick. I had this crisis point on my 29th birthday where I realized that, first of all, this this might kill me uh, and whatever was happening. And even if it didn't, that if I didn't deal with the internal illness that I had, as far as I had all this anger and bitterness towards religion that even if my body did miraculously get better, I would still be a sick person. And so really, it it was illness that forced me to face my spirituality. And as I've told that story, I've found that that to be true for so many people. What do you think made you so spiritually sick? It was anger and bitterness towards the church and, and how it had damaged me, specifically the walking away from it and how I just completely fragmented after that because I didn't know who I was or what I was in the world. And, you know, for people who are only marginally involved in religion, it might not make that much sense. But for people for whom religion is their whole life, and if you leave it, 
you don't just leave religion, you leave who you are. And so my identity was just so tied up in it. And when I left in my early 20s, it just broke me. The 30 religions journey was my way of trying to put my hands around this really big, messy problem of spiritual injury and try to come to some sort of resolution or healing. But I didn't even know what that looked like. You know, if you if you have if you're an alcoholic, you can you can try AA if you have, you know, other issues, you there are, there are resources, but if you're just super spiritually damaged, what do you do? You can't just go to church. Right. The one place that's supposed to help you heal is the one place you want yeah. to be nowhere near, right? Yeah. And so I set off on this journey through 30 Religions, not really knowing what I was going to find or if it would even be worth it. But at the same time, I was desperate because I just didn't know what else to do. And I had this inkling that if I would just show up, that something would happen. And boy, did it, didn't it, Nicole? You've read the book. Yes, yes. Lots of <laughs> things happened. happened because you ended up healing physically. You ended up healing spiritually. So, Reba, I think that we spend a lot of time as humans um, debating whether my religion's better than your religion or, no, this is the way to go or that's the way to go. You know, did you come across backlash as you did this journey because everybody wanted you to be a part of their group? Oh, yeah. In fact, it was so interesting. I wrote about it when I was with the Jehovah's Witnesses because this sweet little old lady took my face in her hands and said, honey, you just go on and explore. But when you're ready for the truth, you come back here. And she kissed me. And that just encapsulates my experience with almost every religion, which was, yeah, you go ahead and just go ahead and do this nice thing that you're doing. But when you're ready for the one true truth, you just come right back here and we'll have it for you. Mm-hmm. And I just realized I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to be that person who claims to have the one true truth. And so at this point, I just hold whatever truth that I feel that I have with very open hands and understand that, that people are on a journey that I might not understand, you know, just like other people didn't understand the journey that I was on. And we do spend so much time arguing and it's completely pointless Yeah, because when it comes right down to it, and this is why we're here on this podcast, every single place that I went without fail If you parse it down to the bottom line, it is about love and kindness and becoming better in this world as we are by moving towards something better. And and there are a million ways to do that. But if we just all said kindness, like the Dalai Lama did say, kindness is my religion. And I have to say, it's when people ask me and force me, I say that's my religion, how I act in the world, how I choose to live is kindness, mm-hmm. because that is the core of every single religion that I study. So it's you, like the thread that connects all of them, because it's a thread that connects humanity. Well, and sometimes I think that if we just lived our lives being very, very kind, at least, you know, here now, you know, what would that make our world look like? Right? Like, how beautiful yeah. would our world be if we just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to focus on kindness. Do you think there is a link, though, between spirituality and kindness? Are they, are they mutually exclusive or mutually dependent ideas? 
I think any real spirituality will always bring you to kindness. Mm. I really do, because I think inherently when you go to the to the bottom of all of the, you know, the, like I said, all of the dogma and everything, when you get it really down to it, it's all about us trying to, as humans, put our, you know, um, limited understanding of, of something that's really big into all these documents and ideas and whatever. But when it comes down to it, it's really just, can we be kind to each other? Can we help the less fortunate? Can we be kind to ourselves? Can we, you know, be kind in our communities? And now I'm going to get, I'm preaching kindness here. So kindness is the one true truth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really it, 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 after, after not just the 30 religions journey that, that people can read about in post-traumatic church syndrome, but the following six years of my life have been this, progressive journey of learning to become more and more kind until it's become this lifestyle. I call it just, it's like radical kindness. Mm. Well, that kind of leads Um, into, I wanted to ask what you're working on now. And once you found your true truth, what did you do with it? You know, like, what do we do with that? That was a joke. Well, (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) But yeah, as far as my way of living in the world, um, you know, I grew up with the way of uh, of of uh, Christianity was always like a, like an elevator to heaven, you know. Yeah. Um, and now I understand the way of Christianity or the way is to walk the way of love in this world as it is. Um, and and I and I think that kindness is when love shows up with like work gloves on. You know, mm. it's like here here's. Here we are. We're ready to do the work. That's awesome. What a great, like, you need to tweet that or something. Kindness is when we show up with, what? say that again. Kindness love, is... I, when love shows up with its work gloves on. When love shows up with its work gloves on. Yes. Yeah, oh. because how can we, we can, like, sit around and be like, oh, I love, I love, I love. And then we, and then we go outside and we, and we, we drive like hell, uh, hell <laughs> well, I'm not allowed to say hell yeah. Uh, we dr- we go around and we drive we drive and we cut people off and then we you know we don't put our grocery cart back and it's, it, these are just I mean they're such small things but really they're not that small um, you know we're we're not we're not nice to the person behind the counter and then we come home and do our loving kindness meditation take that meditation to the grocery store yes yes like you know <laughs> take take the loving kindness out of your head and put it in the world we'll get back to that interview in a moment. Today's Kindness Call is sponsored by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Hi, Nicole. This is Sean Mangold uh, from Evansville, Wisconsin. All right, here's here's the story. Um, a couple of years ago, our family had just moved to Evansville, and I had met a young man at a men's retreat up north where I had learned that he had been unable to work because of medical issues. He was married with two young children, and he had said that Christmas was going to be smaller for them this year, which made me sad. I didn't know what to do, um, so I knew that he would never accept a gift. So I went to the store, purchased a Visa card, and went to his house and slipped it into his mail slot while they weren't home. I wanted him to buy something for his family so that they could have a Christmas. The funny thing is, the next Sunday, he was telling somebody about what had happened while he looked at me and winked. How could he possibly have known? 
Um, I have never said to this day that it was me, uh, but I, obviously he knows who it was. Um, and you could just tell that it was very appreciative uh, by him, his family. Uh, and it felt so good to give to someone else uh, that wasn't going to have a Christmas. Uh, and that's what meant most to me um, by doing that act of kindness. Uh, it wasn't what I was giving, uh, but what I was getting in return. Um, and that was kind of really the start of my doing acts of kindness. I have other acts of kindness that have been done for me uh, and for our family, uh, but that was really when uh, the acts of kindness had all started for me. Anyway, I love you. I love your acts of kindness mission that you were on. Um, it's made a difference and an impact in my life. Thanks. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. So what are you working on now? Well, that's a good question. There, there are multiple projects that I'm working on right now. Um, I have a, a passion to do a large-scale kindness project uh, in Cincinnati, which is where I live, and am currently trying to raise the funds to do that. Why does it always come down to the money? It yeah. does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to raise the funds to do that. Um, and then, of course, I'm, you know, like I said, living radical kindness is, is, is the way that I'm going through my life um, now. And then I'm also working on a couple of books. One of them is called Couraging. Uh, brave is a verb and one is called the alchemy of kindness um, and if there was can I share the one thing that I found about kindness that is the most helpful yes please do it's the kindness podcast okay so I don't even know where this came from as some insights happen but I I have discovered this principle I call it the alchemy of kindness and for people who don't recognize alchemy it's it's when you take um, you know, something that is that is not inherently valuable, like a metal, and, and, and it turns into gold. And so um, alchemy is that process of, of creation. And so I call it the alchemy of kindness. And what it is, is if someone harms you in some way, um, and you have all of this, there's, you know, you have anger and you have emotion, whatever that emotion is, you have hurt, you resentment, uh, rejection, whatever it is, um, especially if you are harmed and it's like no fault of your own. What I have found is if you can take those emotions and you say, who is experiencing this set of emotions that I can help? Like who, and and for example, okay, I had a woman who really came after me about the book and the contents of it. and, um, And it was really hurtful because it was something that I knew. And um, the, the whole situation was very ugly. And because of that, using this alchemy of kindness principle, um, I ended up creating these valentines for the women's shelter that is up the hill from me. Um, we made like 80 handwritten valentines, me and my cousin. I, I pulled her into it mm-hmm. and took them there. And I wouldn't have done that if this woman hadn't been horrible to me. And it's, it's literally when I look back at that, that is the alchemy. It changes 
all of that emotion into something that's good in the world. So, but help help me understand that you have the, you said it's the, it's the pain that someone else causes you. You look for someone with that same sort of pain. Mm -hmm. Like what was the similarity between you and the women from the women's shelter that you sent the Valentine's to? So I felt totally um, like, like just so down, like just down, like down and out, so disappointed, so unable to come back from what she had said to me. I felt worthless. I felt, um, very, very unloved and, and, and abused, frankly, she was very abusive. And so I thought, okay, well, who, who has this set of emotions and immediately thought of this, you know, and and Valentine's day was coming up. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought of the shelter and that's, it's not always that a lot of times it's just another person Mm -hmm. who you, who you might know who's going through that. Um, But in this case, it was a big enough hurt to me that it, it required a large action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we made these Valentines and took them. And now when I look back at it, I'm like, I'm so glad that woman was ugly to me mm-hmm. because it created this beautiful thing. And so that's what I, I'm calling about the alchemy of kindness is any situation, what kindness cannot cure, kindness can help. Mm-hmm. I will say that again, what kindness cannot cure, kindness can help, whether that's kindness to yourself or taking ugliness, that is out in the world that is affecting you and turning it into kindness for other people. There's no downside. It's an offensive weapon. People think that it's cotton candy and rainbows and unicorns, but it is a true offensive weapon. And it's, and I mean weapon in, in a way, you know, a a positive way. Oh, kindness is the best revenge. (laughs) Yes, it is. it's like that scene in, I don't know if you remember, in Sleeping Beauty, um, at the, towards the end during the battle, there's this, uh, the princess is, uh, they're throwing arrows, the, 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 the villain is throwing arrows at the prince trying to come into the castle. And the fairies come in and they turn the arrows into flowers midair and they fall. Oh. And that's how I feel about kindness is like, you, you, that's what you can do is you can be like, here's the arrow all right, it's there. I'm just going to turn it into something different. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a couple of questions that I'm guessing that our listeners are going to want to know. And if you don't want to share these because we want to force them to read the book, which is awesome, um, then don't answer. But the 30 different religions, do you want to share what some of those religions were? And the second question that I have is the the sickness. Do you want to share what that was? Or should we save that for a surprise for people? Um. Okay, on the first question, that's easy. If you can think of it, I did it. Okay. Probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. 95% chance. Um, if you can think of it, I, I, I did it. So that includes everything, Buddhism, Hinduism, the, um, the Amish, Native American sweat lodge, um, Pentecostal, the list goes on and on. So we won't take up your radio time with that. Um, also, you can... You can find that in the book, right? <laughs> right. And the way that you explain going to some of these places is so brave. And I just thought to myself, wow, she's brave. She is bold. And this is cool. So, okay. Um, and then and the question th- two, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Then don't. I don't want to ruin it um, for, I, I don't want to ruin it for people. But on the other hand, if, if someone is dealing with mysterious illness, Please read the book because it might help you find an answer. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't want to ruin the story. That's perfect. So let me ask this about it. I know that once in a while you have a reoccurrence of this particular um, this ailment that can just knock you out. How do you use kindness on, on those days when you, you feel this kind of rearing its ugly head? Well, I lose about four to five days a month. Still? To, to, still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter how much I take care of myself, no matter what I do, uh, and I am very um, conscientious, it doesn't matter. I still lose four to five days. Sometimes it's more. Um, the way that I use kindness, those days is actually more important than probably anything else. I have to be really, really kind to myself Mm. because it is so easy to, to, to blame myself, to, um, you know, to, to just be very, very mean to myself. And I've had to learn this is not something I chose. This is something that I am dealing with and I'm going to choose to be kind to myself in the circumstance and not um, berate myself, which is what I did for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually created this, uh, I call it a crash box <laughs> um, because it does cause this crash, this, uh, this illness I deal with. And, and it has a letter to myself from myself, reminding me to be kind to myself and how to do and how to do that specifically. And then in the box, there's like, ginger tea and a book and, you know, those types of things. But really I have to be reminded um, to be kind to myself. So that's how I, that's how I use it um, with the illness. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's and really also, mm-hmm. and also it's given me so much compassion um, to deal with anyone who, who, who deals with illness because I understand. And you share your wisdom through that with a friend in the Becoming Well Happy Hour podcast. Can you explain uh, well, tell us about your co-host and explain how this all came to be. Uh, the, the Becoming Well Happy Hour podcast, available wherever podcasts are well, <laughs> downloaded, uh, is me and one of my very best friends in the world, Sarah Sabard. She is a medical professional who travels all over the world, um, healing the world uh, from a medical standpoint. And also, she's an amazing, beautiful, spiritual soul. And um, we just thought, you know, we have these amazing conversations that are so healing to both of us. What if we just went into the studio and had these conversations and shared them? And so that's what we did. And we called it the Becoming Well Happy Hour podcast because there is no became well. There's only becoming. It's, it's always a process. Um, and happy hour because it, it's fun. <laughs> right. So, and you so, bring the yeah, real. Me you- and Sarah, real friends, real conversation. Yeah, you absolutely bring the real. It's fun to listen to, and you feel like you're kind of hanging out with girlfriends. So um, That was the goal. Yeah, yeah, it works. Hey, before I let you go, do you have one favorite kindness story that you'd like to share with us? Yes. When I first discovered kindness, which saved my life, that, we would kind of need another episode for that, wouldn't we? Um, <laughs> when I first discovered practicing kindness as a life-saving practice, I... I I spent about um, 60 days just doing like as much kind work as I could. Like that was my reason for getting out of bed in the morning. And, um, and I was in the grocery store about halfway through this process. And this man came up to me and he said, miss, I'd like to buy your groceries. And, and I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I, have to get my groceries. I have to set it up a little bit more. I was in a, um, I was in kind of a tough part of town and this gentleman looked kind of scary 
And I thought that there was potentially some danger involved in it. I, it, right. I, I don't know. I just felt it's such a weird thing for somebody to say to you in a grocery aisle. Right. And, and, and so I said, no, thank you. I appreciate it. But no, I ran into the next aisle. He says, man, I want to buy your groceries. Will you let me? And I said, um, you know, I just, I can't. And he said, man, I am trying to be kind to you. Won't you please let me? Mm. And I said, yes. I will let you. Thank you. And so anyway, we went, we went up and we stood in the line together and he told me, I said, why are you doing this? And he said, well, I used to be a really bad man when I was young. And so now I try to be kind every day. If I can, I can't go back and change what I did, but I can change what I do now. Wow. And I don't have to tell you that me, the cashiers, everybody, we were all crying. Right. I mean, it was this beautiful moment of um, my understanding that sometimes being kind is letting someone else be kind to you. Mm -hmm. Reba Riley, thank you so much for talking with me today. And if you send me that picture, Reba, I'll put it on on my website so that people can see you with this man. If you don't want to, then never mind. (laughs) I can try. You know what? I'll have to try to dig it up. I would love I would love to show that. but yeah, I would say to the, to the viewers, try the alchemy of kindness process and let us know if it helps. Yeah. <laughs> if it helps you get through a situation that's tough. Because we know it will. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Reba. Have a really great day. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. That was a conversation with Reba Riley. You can connect with Reba on Twitter at Reba Riley and buy her book, Post Traumatic Church Syndrome, wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the NPR One app and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd spread some kindness in the review section. 